When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Scott Benjamin. And I'm Ben Bolin. Hey, Ben. We've got a topic today that is a listener suggestion. And, you know, you've said it before, but, you know, we always say that we're excited about today's topic, right? And, right. and usually we are. We're really, we're really genuinely excited to talk about this one. Well, this one is so cool. It kind of borders on race car technology, really. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm really excited about it because it's a listener suggestion that I just hadn't even, I hadn't even thought of this. This didn't even occur to me until this listener suggested it. So I, I want to give full credit to, uh, to Jordan S from Toledo, Ohio. And Jordan wrote in and said that, Hey, I'm a machinist in Toledo, Ohio, and I listen while I'm at work. I'm fairly new to listening, but with 12 hour shifts, I've, I've caught up pretty quick. I would love to hear a podcast on the GMC Cyclone or Typhoon. And uh, if not if not that, maybe limited production vehicles, thank you very much. And uh, Jordan, I'll tell you, that is a fantastic idea because I, this is a car I'm fairly familiar with. I mean, not, yeah. I, I didn't own one or anything like that, but I knew people that had these. And I knew people that had a variation of this that we'll talk about. Right. And, uh, and I've heard a lot of talk about it because this was kind of like right in the, the time when I was graduating from high school. So it was kind of a big deal when this vehicle came out. The kind cyc- of early 90s. Yeah, the cyclone typhoon thing. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I could say I'm just really, really excited about today's topic because it, there's so many cool facts about this truck. So what is the GMC cyclone? Well, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad you asked fictional person because uh it it's essentially it's a high performance version of the GMC Sonoma pickup truck which everybody is pretty familiar with i mean for a long time you you couldn't drive 3 miles without seeing a Sonoma yeah it looked an awful lot like an S10 you mm-hmm. know Chevy S10 uh GMC version of that and the Sonoma was just a, a small compact uh sports truck or actually not a sports truck just a, a truck yeah just a, a pickup yeah i mean imagine the size of like uh if you're not familiar like a Ford Ranger you know something like that that yeah. along the same size the very very small pickup trucks, uh, but there's a big, big difference in the uh, in the GMC Cyclone. 
and, oh, yeah. and the Typhoon. Now, the, the GMC Cyclone was the pickup truck version. The Typhoon mm-hmm. is the same vehicle, really, with the uh, the Jimmy body on it, I guess. That's yeah. probably the best way to say it. And we're going to mention a few of the similarities and some of the dissimilarities between the uh, the Typhoon and the Cyclone. But we're going to mainly focus on the Cyclone, I think. Yeah, and this is a rarity of a car because there were less than 3,000 produced. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also has a pretty mean engine. 4.3 liter V6, uh, turbo, turbo. Yeah, I should put that in there. Very, very important part very there. Very important. It's, tur- it is turbocharged. Um, 280 horsepower. Yeah, that's 280 horsepower and 350 pound feet of torque. Now that's coming through a four speed automatic transmission. They were yeah. all automatic. You couldn't get a manual in this thing, which I know you're going to be upset about that. Some listeners will be, but. Yeah. Honestly, this is the way to handle this thing because it was a, a perfect match apparently for for this engine and transmission to to be paired together in this vehicle. Now, th- the strange thing about this Ben and and we say 280 horsepower, then that's an awful lot of horsepower for a small pickup truck. Yeah. I mean a lot. I mean we'll get to how much in just a moment, but <laughs> but the the Probably the mind-blowing part about this, Ben, is that it's likely that it had closer to 330 horsepower. See, okay, I was going to ask you about this. Mm-hmm. Lay it on me. Now, it's it's likely that it was it was 330 horsepower instead of 280 horsepower because that's what they marketed it as. And they said, you know, that this is what it's rated at. This is how, you know, we're going to price it for insurance purposes uh-huh. and, you know, for, uh, you know, I guess other legislation that allowed it to be produced. Well, oftentimes manufacturers will kind of fib on numbers like that for performance cars when really they have a lot more performance. So some of these cars are dynoed at, uh, you know, 330 horsepower. Some are at 300 horsepower. You know, it depends uh-huh. on the power loss at this point, I guess. But, you know, early on, it wasn't unusual for them to be dynoed at 330 versus the 280 claimed by GMC. Okay, so it is true that the manufacturer's official story didn't quite match up with what people were finding on their own. Oh, that's true. Yeah, okay. but but you know what? People quickly, you know, determined that this was something special. That it was a, uh, a very very fast car. It was so fast, Ben, that it out accelerated the Corvette of the same year. Okay, so I know you've got this number. What's the zero zero to sixty mph? Zero to sixty was something like four point three seconds. Now I've heard that just a little bit higher. Again, you know, it depends on the driver, I guess, and the tester. You know, who's exactly doing the uh, recording, but I've heard as low as four point three seconds. I think I've heard as high as five point two seconds, something like that. Ooh, but either okay. way, you got to remember nineteen ninety one. seconds, that's awful darn fast. That's awful darn fast for today, even. That's really quick. And and part of the reason is because this thing had all-wheel drive, so it it hooked up extremely well. And that's what I mentioned, you know, that's why I mentioned with the... uh, um, you know, the automatic transmission and, you know, of course it had four wheel analog brakes and, um, just great setup for performance. Yes. And it hooked up well. It, it grabbed the ground extremely well. It's almost, it's almost impossible to do a burnout in this thing. Which is, um, surprising. That kind of handling is mm-hmm. unexpected in a pickup typically yeah. Yeah. and uh we we get to my favorite part of this just just the the historical part of it is funny to me scott uh if you had a gmc cyclone uh what what ideally what color would you get oh well you would get black You'd have to get black. Why is that? Because that's the only color that it was made in, except for <laughs> except for a couple of rare instances where they made other versions of it. And we'll talk about those. We'll too. talk about that. There are yeah. special editions of the special edition, which are even more rare. And Ben, can I tease something here? Yeah, yeah. Do I it. need to I need to just tease this little item here because 
at the end of this podcast, I'm going to tell you about some cars that are for sale, and there's something very exciting for sale right now in Mesa, Arizona, that I want to tell you about. But it, it has something to do with what I just mentioned. But yeah. um, we'll get to some of those limited edition vehicles of the limited edition vehicles um, as, we, <laughs> as we go along the here. Creme de la and, creme. and we mentioned handling. We mentioned you know how this thing hooks up. It was extremely agile, like sports car agile. It had really wide tires. It had eight inch wide tires that were only sixteen inches tall, so they were really you know wide, low end low tires, I guess, compared to what we'd see on a truck today. Um, and it was definitely not intended for carrying any kind of heavy loads. It had a five hundred pound maximum payload in the back, so five hundred pounds for a pickup truck to carry that's that's yeah. nothing. I mean, yeah, you can't really so carry anything at all. You can't carry lumber. You can't carry dirt. You can't carry anything like that. This is really just a uh, it's really a sports car, Ben. I mean, it's a it's a truck sports car hybrid type thing. I hate to use the word hybrid. Yeah, but um, it's a it's a I guess maybe the best compromise between sport truck and sports car. Yeah, that's probably the best. It way could to put do it. Uh, it could run a quarter mile in under fourteen seconds mm-hmm. at ninety three miles per hour. Uh, that that's a number that comes from Car and Driver, mm-hmm. and I I still am so it's so strange to me that they were only available in black because uh, they were the thing is if I can do a spoiler alert, uh, of course. In 1992, before everything happened, they were planning to expand it to allow people to have more colors. Yeah, they were going to have different colors. And, you know, can I just mention one quick thing about this? Now, yeah. They, they, they produced something like 2,995 in 1991. And in 1992, they produced just three more vehicles before they stopped production. Mm-hmm. And, and when we say they, they, we don't mean GMC, I guess. GMC produced the, the Sonoma. And then they handed it off to a... Production Automotive Specialty Service. Which yeah, is Production called, Automotive Services, actually. Yeah, and it's in Troy, Michigan, and it was sold through GMC dealerships. So you could go on to the dealer lot and say, you know, I want one of these. They're very, they're kind of expensive, and they were, uh, I mean, I guess looking back, it's not that expensive, but I, I did the little price comparison thing that I want to talk about in oh, a moment. Oh, this is but, great. Yeah. Um, now, the Cyclone, it was like two, it was like $26,120 is what it cost, right? And... I guess if you want to, you want me to just go ahead and give you the conversion. Yes, so, please do. so, so I've done this inflation calculator thing, and I do this for a lot of times. It's a know. regular feature. I, yeah, I guess so. I mean, just going back to 1991, you wouldn't think there'd be that much of a difference, but that $26,120 in 1991 equals $44,697 in today's dollars. So imagine going in and wow. buying a small pickup truck that yeah. can't carry anything. Right. That's really just a performance, like a sports car. But it cost, you know, almost $45,000. So, you know, it was expensive even then. But Ben, what they compared this thing to, mm-hmm. what they compared this, uh, this, this vehicle to, this yeah. is how, how well it performed. They compared it to, in, in car and driver, a Ferrari 348, uh, TS, I think it was. Yeah, I read that too. I am skeptical. Okay, here, you know what? You can be skeptical, but in the, in the type of race that they set up for these vehicles, it won. And, and it beat it in the quarter mile, but there's a, there's an again an asterisk that we have to add to yeah. that, and it kind of depends on as they said in the article. I think it depends on the script, right? The script of how the race is run, mm-hmm. and the quarter mile just happened to be the sweet spot for the GMC Cyclone to win that race between the Ferrari and, and the Cyclone. Yeah, because I I think there's some acceleration part uh, in that race. Yeah, that's right. And, and, and I guess if you want, and we could talk about this right now. How about okay, that? Because yeah. they called the article in Car and Driver from 1991 or 92, maybe it was. I don't know if it came when it came out exactly. Uh, it was called the ninety six thousand dollars sting. And what that meant was that you know this Ferrari that it this Ferrari three forty eight TS that it beat, you know this twenty six thousand dollar truck, 
it beat a Ferrari that cost $122,000. So it's $96,000 cheaper to buy the GMC Cyclone. And they're saying that it out-accelerated it. Now, now you got to understand that, sure, it, it beat it off the line because it had all-wheel drive and it was a really powerful engine. And it kind of, you know, it... it Made good progress, I guess, for about the first uh, eighth of a mile. Right. And that's when the Ferrari started to gain on it. But it just wasn't enough. By the time it got to the quarter mile, the Ferrari was able to almost close the gap, but it couldn't quite close it, and it lost in the quarter mile. Now, if the race was any longer than a quarter mile, right. the Ferrari would have taken it. Yeah. But this this off-the-line acceleration is where this thing you know, excelled. This is where it, it was a standout vehicle. And because of that, it was able to go head-to-head with Ferrari in the quarter mile and win. But if it was a half mile, Ferrari would have would have completely roasted it. It would have uh, it would have yeah. been way way ahead. But you know, no one wants to mention that because you know this thing was it was fun to drive. I mean, to out accelerate the the Corvette of the day, to out accelerate the um you know the the Ferrari three forty eight TS, and to out accelerate the Ferrari Testarossa yeah. that they were building. I mean, and look at the Ferrari Testarossa. That's an awesome car. Yeah. But it was quicker in the quarter mile. It was quicker zero to sixty, and that's what they they preyed on that. And. It works because this, I, I'm going to call it a little bit of marketing there. Uh, this, cause of course they purposely didn't go any longer than a, half, a quarter mile, but that's how fantastic to be able to say this production car, which you can buy today is not only cheaper, but faster. Can I, can I mention just something yeah. real quick and then we'll yeah. get back to it? Manufacturers do this all the time with their vehicles. They find like that, like I said, that sweet spot where it's really, really good. And I, I remember a, a test, and I think it was run in uh, Homestead, Florida, at a racetrack. You know, there's a, a, a track down there in Homestead, and they were doing this comparison while I was there between the Dodge SRT, which was brand new at the time. The SRT, remember that those are an amazing cars. Yeah, really good fast car. car. Um, the, the Dodge SRT versus the uh, Porsche Boxster. And it was running this autocross course, and it would show how it would win. Well, it was behind the entire way up until it got to the point where it had to do like a tight, uh, like a tight radius turn. Uh-huh. And it was better at doing that than the Boxster, and that's where it gained the edge <laughs> and it was able to win every time. And that was that was the the key to that. It was like the trick, I guess, is yeah. that you know they knew they knew the uh, the the um, the strengths of that vehicle, and they were able to focus on that. And they knew the weaknesses of the other vehicle, and they were able to focus on you know to to create a course or a race that that highlighted that and it made their product look even better so they were able to to win that every single time it's uh, it's very very smart it i is. uh i have a question what's that uh before we go on any further mm-hmm. I'd, I'd like to get into the specialty vehicles oh yeah some uh, of the uh the one-offs i guess yeah that's a good way to say it but before we do that i would like some advice if you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. 
Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already yeah. see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, and it's time for us to go back into the special editions of this special edition, The Cyclone. I know, yeah, there's there's different versions of this thing that were produced out of the already limited production. So let's say that there is a, uh, well, there is, there's a, a Marlboro Cyclone, which was mm. sponsored by, you know, the Marlboro Cigarette Company, I guess, um, or Tobacco Company. And you couldn't buy this one. No, you couldn't buy this one. Now, these are special editions that were created specifically for this manufacturer, and there were 10 of these produced, and they were given away um, as part of a, a racing contest in 1992. All 10 of these trucks were produced uh, or provided to the American Sunroof Corporation, or ASC, mm-hmm. by uh, Schnuda Designs, which were kind of in conjunction with Philip Morris Incorporated. And uh, with the help of Larry Schnuda, designer of the Corvette Stingray and Boss Mustang, um, they kind of transformed these originally black cyclones into these red uh, Marlboro-badged vehicles that, uh, you know, are distinctively you know, their own type of cyclone, I guess. Now, they had yeah. a bunch of different features here. They had, um, you know, ASC, of course, you know, the American Sunroof Corporation. They converted the uh, the roof to a Targa-style rooftop, um, you know, with, with mounts in the pickup bed, yeah. which is really a cool top. I mean, I've seen these on, on the vehicle. It's pretty neat. Um, kind of looks a little bit, well, the Targa-style, I guess, it a little bit a hint of, uh, like, T-tops, Ben. That's kind of like what it's like. Only Targa-top is, I think, one piece. Yeah. Um and they also had a slide-down rear window assembly. Which is um, cool. They had a hard tonneau cover that they added, which uh, I think the other ones didn't have. They had Boyd Coddington Cobra wheels with Marlboro emblem center caps and uh, Goodyear Eagle GSC tires. Mm-hmm. Um, they also had this what they called Hotlex red paint from PPG and a white strobe paint, uh, well, strobe stripe, I guess, which was provided by Graphic Concepts. Uh, Recaro leather seats with a five-point racing harness. They had uh, Momo Evolution steering wheels that they added. They had a Sony sound system, um, performance chip, and, and Borla stainless steel exhaust. They had Beltex suspension, which was dropped three inches. Uh-huh. So, you know, these are lower than the standard Cyclone even, which is already low. Um, these were amazing cars. They, but there were only ten of these produced, and they were all given away. So they've all ended up in someone's hands out there, and you've mm. got to kind of... Uh, you got to really search to find them now. Yes. And another specialty was the Indy Cyclone. 
So three Indy Cyclones were used at the Indy 500 race in 1992. Mm-hmm. Not really any modifications, so like mm-hmm. not 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 the not like performance modifications. Yeah, I think some were painted. Like one was painted silver, I think, or a multicolor different. Yeah, so, silver, magenta, and aqua, I think, because it was used as a pace truck, right? Right, and that means that the most significant modification will be stuff like a racing fuel cell mm-hmm. and a fire system. Yeah, and a light bar on the roof, because it's a pace car, of course. Right, so you got to have yeah. the safety consideration as well. So, you know, these Indy Cyclones, which were only three of those were produced, and then, of course, given away. Um, you know, there was another group that I, I didn't even include on our list here, but um, there were some Saudi Cyclones. Oh, and, yeah, uh, okay, and, I was just about to do And it. those were only slightly different, Ben. They were, oh, you want to talk about those? Cause, well, yeah, because I thought it was exciting because mm-hmm. um, of the 100 and, or of the uh, 2,995 Cyclones built in 91, uh, 113 were export sales uh, and some of those export sales went to Saudi Arabia and they got some modifications. So they got a metric dash cluster, you know, kilometers rather than miles. Mm-hmm. Um, they got a leaded fuel chip which is interesting because that would never happen in the States. No. And then they got a resonator in place of a catalytic converter. Oh, so maybe just a, even a little bit more performance is squeezed out of these things. Yeah. So, so you notice the modifications to the ones that, uh, you know, were, were modified after even the, the initial modification. They all yes. went with like performance upgrades. They went with performance chips. They went with lowering them. They went with, yeah. uh, you know, let's take out the cat. Let's put in the resonator. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's a, just a little bit of something, except for the, the IndyCar ones, which is kind of surprising. You think they would do something a little bit more, but, right. um, I guess it's more for looks really. And, and honestly, the, the Cyclone kind of stands on its own as a performance vehicle. I mean, it, it definitely had enough, you know, get up and go to be on the track with, with race cars. I mean, it was a, it was a true performance vehicle. Yes. And, and can I just say one more thing? You know, we've, we've talked about this and we've, we've, I guess we were going to mention the typhoon just a bit, maybe yeah. just just mention that. But the the last thing I want to mention about the um the cyclone really specifically is that in 1991 I was listening to a radio station in Detroit and one of the guest hosts for the the, the morning show was was Ted Nugent, and you know the Motor City Madman Ted yeah, Nugent, yeah. You know, the, the rock and roll guy, right? <laughs> Everybody probably knows him. If you don't, you know, look him up. He's, he's a crazy guy, really cool though. Yeah. Um, but he at the time when he was filling in for those guys on that morning show. He had just purchased, he's a car guy, by the way. He had just purchased, yeah, he's a huge car guy. He just purchased a GMC Cyclone, and he lived out in a place called Jackson, Michigan at the time, and he had to drive into De- to Detroit every day to do this radio show. And I guess he would just fly in in this Cyclone. <laughs> and, you know, when he get there, he would be so pumped up about this thing because it, it, he had a Corvette as well. He said it outperformed his Corvette in every way. He said he could even, he could take on a Cor- he'd be on a gravel road and would take on a Corvette on a, on a pavement, paved road. And would still, outperform it, still wow. outdo it. He said it was that much of an amazing vehicle. And he just, every day I heard this, how he was so pumped up about it. And I heard it for, you know, like, a, seemed like a month right. through the month of December in 1991. While he was filling in. Exactly. And it was just, and it really got into my, like, into my soul, I guess, you know, that, <laughs> that this is a car that you need to get. You need to, you need to somehow find some way, someday to get a GMC Cyclone. And the problem is there's so few produced and there's so few out there. Yes. And the other vehicle, the other the other similar vehicle... The Typhoon? The Typhoon. And we mentioned that that had the Jimmy body, right? If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. 
it's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already yeah. see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Right, yeah, the typhoon is from 1992 to 1993. It's a high-performance version of the GMC Jimmy SUV. And they made more of these than they did of the Cyclone. So there's a a lot better chance you'll find a typhoon out there than you will find a Cyclone Mm. uh, because they made 4,697 of these. And I think there were also a handful of prototypes along the Mm. way, but uh, that that production was split up between 1992 and 1993 pretty much evenly, around 2,200, 2,400 each year or something like that. But it had the same 4.3 liter turbocharged v6 engine had the same four-speed automatic had the same horsepower rating uh the thing is that it was just you know the same all-wheel drive and uh, you know the whole system was all the same it just had that different body so you know maybe uh i don't know if it was better or worse i mean because you know the the other one was like a two-seat sports car really this is this is something you could take your friends along with you you know for a ride in right yeah and it didn't accelerate as quickly well it was a little heavier a little heavier, a little and bit that, heavier. That that does it, but it still had some great performance. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, it's zero to sixty in five point three, which is not bad. Yeah, I it mean, it just doesn't look as good in comparison. And when we say the, the little heavier, I think it was only like three hundred pounds heavier or something like that. So it's not a it's not a dramatic difference. But when you think about three hundred pounds, I mean, that's the difference of having you know 
one or two people, uh, one big person or two people in yeah. the car with you. So, you, exactly. know, you know the difference that it feels like you know, when you've got somebody else riding with you the way your car feels, right? If you're driving alone, it does drive differently. So 300 pounds makes a big difference, even in a powerful vehicle like this. So, um, again, similar performance numbers. I mean, I think it did the quarter mile a little faster than the Cyclone, which is odd. Maybe at the end it didn't pay for the uh, the pickup truck body so much, you know, the shape yeah. so much as, uh, you know, it had a little better aerodynamics over the back end because it, it did the quarter mile in 14.1 seconds at 95 miles per hour. I think the uh, Cyclone was at 93 miles per right. hour. Right, yeah. Something like that. But it's it's very, very similar. If I'm not rolling over you, I think it's time that we talk about the elephant in the room, Scott, which is how could a regular Joe like you or me find one of these vehicles? Before before you give us the good news, I want you to know why this is such an important question. In 2009, Mr. Benjamin, under the car allowance rebate system, somebody scrapped a cyclone. What? Yes. Really? So the, yeah. uh, the uh, what is it, uh, clunker? Well, cash yeah. for clunkers. That yeah. was it, cash for clunkers, yeah. right? So you're saying that one of these limited production cyclones was scrapped yes. for the Cash for Clunkers program? Yep. I, I can't believe that. I don't know who would do that. That's I such mean, a value. That's a valuable car. Can you imagine if? I mean, I guess even if it was a clunker, right? Even if it was beat to crap, uh, you could just get some work done on it and double your money. Probably. I guess you know they were offering what was it four thousand or four thousand five hundred dollar rebates or something like that. Now, I mean. This it depends on the condition. It. I just don't know, but mm. it seems like to restore something like that would be so worth it because I've got some numbers here, you know, of, of the other vehicles that are for sale. And, uh, and I wanted to kind of, I wanted this to be kind of the last thing. So yeah. if you're, are you wrapped up on, uh, I'm Cyclone and stuff? I good mean, to go. we're kind of, we kind of went fanboy on this one because <laughs> I, I mean, I really, really like the Cyclone stuff. I, I, I mean, Typhoon, I'm not as familiar with it as I am with the Cyclone. Uh, um, I had a, I had a friend who had a, uh, Sonoma GT. Which was like the, the, the production vehicle that came afterwards in 1992. And there were only 806 of these made. And I didn't know this at the time. I, I didn't know this until just very, very recently that there were very limited production of this one. It was a female who owned this one. Her dad had bought it for her. Uh, Sonoma GT from 1992 it was a, like a performance package. Um, it was like a two wheel drive version of the Cyclone. Mm-hmm. Only it had slightly less horsepower. And when I say slightly less, it had 195 horsepower. But I'll tell you, this thing was incredible. It had the same engine without the turbo. So it was a non-turbo 4.3 liter V6, 195 horsepower, 260 pound-feet of torque. Again, automatic transmission. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of power for a small pickup truck That's like wild, this. It's, yeah. it, it was it was fun to be in this car. I tell you, it was it was a blast to drive this thing. And I only did, did it a couple times. I rode in it mostly, um, but it's kind of like you can think of it as like an entry level version of the of the GMC Cyclone. You know, the same body, same everything, um, and had a lot of the similarities too. It had some of the interior package pieces, like the uh, the seats and the gauges and you know the floor shift console. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, a, it was really a cool package, and I wish I had known then what I know now. You know that, that this was a you know 806 built. I had no idea that she was driving a, a very limited production vehicle. Did she know? You think? I don't know. I mean, it was. I mean, we knew it was something special. We the knew dad was, knew. We knew it was really cool. The dad did, but I don't know if he knew that there were only going to be X number of cars made wow. because when you buy it, you don't know what the production is going to be because they may extend it another year. They right. may do something with it, but. Um, I just remember what a blast this thing was to drive around town. It was so much power. And again, that's only 195. When you look at the, uh, the Cyclone, that's 330. I mean, come on. That's, yeah. uh, that's amazing power. Uh, so how can I, can I buy one of these? Yeah. Well, there's good news, Ben. I mean, if you can search anywhere on Craigslist or, you know, any kind of auto classifieds in your area, you may be able to find one. I found one 
for sale here in the Atlanta area because I did the search just what? before we came in here. It's from 1991, of course. It's got 127,000 miles on it. Doesn't run. Has a rebuilt title, which means that you know there's probably been some kind of uh, uh, some kind of damage. a tragedy in its past. Let's yeah, say that you know, and yeah. that uh, you know something has happened to this vehicle. And I'm looking at the picture. It's mostly there. There's some trim pieces missing, things like that. What do you think it's flood damage? Uh, could be. I guess you never know. I mean, it's a rebuilt title. Again, doesn't run high mileage. It's and it's what 23 years old at this point. Yeah, 22 years old. 23. We're, we're getting older. Five thousand dollars for that vehicle, Ben. Five grand for a 22 year old vehicle that doesn't run has wow. relatively high mileage, 127,000. That's but that, I'll tell you, that's pretty fair when you look at some of the other ones around the United States that are for sale. Because I found one that was in Delaware for eleven five mm-hmm. uh, with a hundred thousand miles. One in Dallas for seventeen thousand dollars with with thirty three thousand miles on it. Uh, one in Iowa for nineteen thousand nine hundred ninety five dollars, and that one had eighty six thousand miles on mm-hmm. it. And then this is maybe the coolest one of all, Ben. There's a true, and I think it's true. Marlboro Cyclone, you know, one of the 10 limited yeah. production vehicles, and it only has 3,435 miles on it. What? And for sale in Mesa, Arizona, and this is the one I was teasing about earlier, $79,995. So $80,000 wow. for that initial $26,000 investment. And, and honestly, this was one of the giveaway trucks, so this is one that was won somewhere. I know it's been probably passed along probably changed hands. along the way. Yeah, sure, but... $80,000 for one of these bins. So if you happen to spot one in your area, if you can find one in a classified ad or in Craigslist, because uh, there was one that came up for auction here in Atlanta. In, um, this is so rare it happens that there are actually articles written about it when right, it happens. Yeah. In I think it was in July of this year, an Atlanta Police Department undercover vehicle, which was a, a, a cyclone, was up for sale, and it was up for auction, like on one of these public auctions. Again, it was a non-running vehicle. It was sold eventually for $2,500, so that's an incredible bargain. But again, it was a non-running vehicle, and it was really rough condition, because I saw the photos of it. But it's so rare when one of these comes up for sale that often you'll find local you know, auto blogs and things will, will write stories about them. That's how rare this car is. So if you can find one anywhere... I'd say it may be a good investment. And of course, you know, we mentioned, I think we mentioned Jay Leno owns one. Yeah, um, you know, a, a lot of car collectors, a lot of guys that, that are in the know about this type of vehicle will, will scoop one up no matter what, no matter what mm. condition. So what you can do, if you wish, is write to us on Facebook and on Twitter. If you have one of these vehicles or know where we can find one, uh, you know, you see, Scott and I make a lot of scratch here in the podcast game, so we're we're right waiting to buy the right one. Oh, Ben, can you hear me kind of snickering in the background here? I'm <laughs> laughing. Make a lot of scratch at this. I make a lot of scratch. Yeah, well, a fair amount. But you know what? A used vehicle, if, if there's one for $5,000, if it ran, yeah. that might be something. But I don't know how much we have to invest in that. No, $5,000 for a problem child? I'll pass. <laughs> yeah, yeah but, but, but it may be worth... Man, it may be worth 20000 something. Oh, yeah, I might be kicking myself in 10 years. Could huh? be. Um, well, while we figure that out, why don't you go ahead and check out our website, which is super cool. It's carstuffshow.com. And send us a suggestion for an upcoming topic. What would you like to hear? Let us know. Our email address is carstuffatdiscovery.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com.
get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.